What's up, guys? It's David. Before we go any further, I've got to take a couple moments here to tell you about our new partner at Ethos Grizzlies, Ember and Valor. Ember and Valor specializes in beard care products. Let them take your beard to the next level with their easy two-step process. You get started with the beard oil to condition your skin and prevent the dreaded beard itch. You finish it off with Ember and Valor's Beard Balm to condition and shape your beard. Go over to emberandvalor.com right now and use promo code ETHOSGRIZ for 25% off. Let them get you the beard you've always wanted. Emberandvalor.com, E-M-B-E-R-A-N-D-V-A-L-O-R.com. Promo code ETHOSGRIZZLIES for 25% off. I've got to run it by you one more time. I can't allow you to miss it. 25% off at emberandvalor.com right now using our promo code ETHOSGRIZZ. That's E-T-H-O-S-G-R-I-Z-Z at emberandvalor.com for 25% off of all of their products. Ember and Valor makes all of their products using all natural ingredients. Get over there, check them out, use the promo code, let them know we sent you. You will not be disappointed. Emberandvalor.com. Look good, feel good. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. You got the whole I sound a little excited. Maybe I shouldn't be. The Grizzlies lose game one of the series, 130-117. A lot of ups and downs in this game. The Minnesota Timberwolves come out first quarter, kind of punch the Grizzlies in the mouth. And it was like the whole room was on fire. Grizz Nation was going crazy. I'm seriously disappointed in the fans. I've never seen somebody roll over on a team so damn fast. It's annoying. It's, it's just ridiculous. It's game one. Minnesota outplayed Memphis. There's no two ways about it. Coach Jenkins got outcoached today by Finch. Yep. There's no two ways about that. The rest sucked. But let's be honest about it. The refs sucked both ways. They, they were not calling it. The, the inconsistencies were, were brutal. There'd be a, a clear foul on one end of the floor. You go down the other end of the floor, you get a whistle on a touch foul. Just a lot of stuff went wrong in this game. The Grizzlies could have done a lot of things better. We're going to get into that. But, we'll, Candace, I'll let you start off. What was your biggest takeaway from tonight's game? I think my biggest takeaway was we just need other other important players that have been critical throughout the season to step up. Um, I could say it's the refs. They played a big part. But that at the end of the day, a lot of good opportunities, good shots didn't go in. Uh, I wasn't a fan of the rotations that we ran. I wasn't a fan of the minutes. But either way, I think we needed more from DeAnthony Milton. I think we definitely needed more from Steven Adams. My goodness. Um, that, that was concerning. I don't, I'm not sure if he'll be able to pay, play in this series going forward. We'll see. Um, but, but anyway, Whether I, I he's think able to or not, he's going to be right. on the floor. Like Jenkins, yeah. Jenkins made that clear in the post game presser. I've got faith in our depth. Oh, yeah. somebody, somebody <laughs> walk up to this man and slap the boot and holes out of him. Yeah. I was, I was about to say, I'm just going to warn you. He's a big ass dude. He might whoop you if you try to do it. <laughs> but, but somebody needs to shake it out of him, man. Yeah, it, it was pretty bad with these rotations. I was not a fan, uh, just at all, at all. But, but anyway, it was just we were just outmatched today. I think in in every way, everything that the Grizzlies normally do well, we did not do well. Uh, it could be because we haven't played in so long, too long probably. Um, but. Uh, it, it could also just be, you know, the whole the 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 uh, the refs' toes just to some degree. Um, shots didn't go down. Our our bench players did not 
step up the way it needed to be. Now, I was very impressed with Brandon Clark. Brandon Clark was probably one of the real players who I saw. You know, when I look at the, the Jazz series last year and I look at these this series and see the differences, I think Brandon Clark is the one probably guy who, who stepped up most. And Tyus did pretty well himself within his role. Um, but I, I think we really need more from the guys who we'll be counting on, particularly Jaron Jackson Jr. We'll need more from him. Um, so those are some of my big takeaways. Jaron Jackson Jr. will probably be a bigger factor. We talked about Dylan Brooks being a factor before, and he was that to some extent. Um, but if Jaron Jackson Jr. is not going to be a factor at all, um, that changes the game. He he probably is, I think, one of the most important factors in order for us to win this series. I think that's the number one conclusion I came away with. What about you, Isaac? Yeah, man, I, no, no two ways about it. I, I think the Grizzlies, Grizzlies definitely got punched in the mouth today. They – Minnesota looked like a team that was playing playoff basketball. Grizzlies look like a team that was still stuck in the record season. I mean, that's kind of what yep. it looked like. They just didn't didn't match the energy. You could just tell from from the onset, Minnesota what was about business today. Um, and, and they came out uh, hitting shots early. Um, and, and a lot of the same points. I mean, Jaron Jackson Jr. is, is pertinent for this team. I, I mean, when, when he's on the floor, their defense just goes to an entire different level. When he's off the floor, man, it's just hard and I think they're going to need more offense from him I mean he did fantastic job on defensive end seven blocks uh, in the game today but I mean they're going to need the end of it with, with 12 points but they're going to need more from him offensively uh over five from three uh they just they're just going to need more points from him and he's going to be big in this series and you talk about Stephen Adams just a, a rough rough day for him and, and I don't know going forward as David said uh Tim Jenkins said in the post game that they're going to stick with their with their guys and he's going to play and they definitely need his rebounding. But defensively, I just don't know if he can play against against Carl Anthony Towns. I think Jaron Jackson Jr. is kind of their only answer. And then Brandon Clark off the bench, he did a fantastic job today, man. Give him a shout-out because I think him, Tyus, and Zaire were kind of – and I guess you throw Ja in there. I mean, Ja had a good game. I had a lot of points from the free throw line. Uh, but those are kind of the only guys that that really played well today. Dylan had, had his points. I mean, it was like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. High with him. And there were – he had some big shots, and there were also times where, especially driving to the basket, you, you kind of scratch your head like, what was that, Dylan? Uh, but yeah. I, I think he – I mean, he, he's going to give you what he's going to give you. You know what he's going to give you defensively. I, I do kind of question what, – what do you guys think about them having Dylan on D'Angelo Russell instead of uh, – What's wrong? What's going on? Edwards. <laughs> Edwards, Edwards. Yeah, I just lose my mind. What's wrong with me? Um, instead of Anthony Edwards, it, it um, was... I, I, know, I know. the coach Coach Jenkins said before that they like to have Dylan on the ball, and, and D'Angelo Russell handles the ball more than uh, Anthony Edwards. So, what, what, what do you guys kind of think about that? I, I think point of attack is extremely important with how well this team shoots the three. Um, you know, they, what were they? They were 16 of 41, 39% from three. The T-Wolves were. Um, point of attack is extremely important. Dylan is your best point of attack defender. And so, I mean, he neutralized. You, D'Angelo Russell was two for 11 from the field. He had 10 points. Half of those came from the free throw line. 10 points, nine assists, two for 11. Dylan Brooks done exactly what you wanted him to do on D'Angelo Russell. The problem is Anthony Edwards played insane. You know, he, he played yeah. a fantastic game. You know, kudos to him. He, You know, he done what he was supposed to do. He was taking what the defense was giving him. I hate so much when they would drop off of him and let him walk into a three. 
yeah. he was just drilling them. I, the all game, man. Yeah, it shows yeah. he was. It shows he's four for eleven from three. I would bet you money that three out of the four of those threes that he made, they backed off of him, and he got to dribble into it and step yeah. up into the three. I, I would bet everything I own on that might end up losing it, but that's just the way it felt. I, I don't have any issues with that, but you have to do. I, I think the thing that killed the Grizzlies the most was Carl Anthony Towns. You look at the scoreboard, you're like, Anthony Edwards put up 36. Why are you saying that? Steven Adams guarding Carl Anthony Towns was a catastrophe. Yeah. The Timberwolves were clearing out the paint. When they got cat the ball at the top of the key and Adams was on him, they were clearing out the paint. So there was nobody down there to help. And then when somebody would help, they would have their best shooters in the corners and yeah. the guys would overhelp. And then you got a wide open three in the corner. It the corner Beasley, three, Prince. Yeah. yeah. And so the, what has to happen, Taylor Jenkins has got to make adjustments. When they clear out like that, he's got to hedge that. He's got to double team him. Yeah. He's got to do something to get the ball out of his hands or switch the damn defense to drop. Just play drop. Carl Anthony Towns is a 40% three-point shooter. I don't give a damn. Let him shoot threes all day long because him making threes is not going to get Jaron Jackson in foul trouble. And if Jaron Jackson plays more than what he played, 24 minutes, if he yeah. plays more than 24 minutes in this game, the Grizzlies probably win this game. Yeah. Them, them allowing Carl Anthony Towns to get downhill, double teaming, extra, like when, when they drop off of their man, you got that wide open corner three, or you were getting a lot of fouls from people coming in to try and help him. You've got to stop that. If you don't stop that, you're going to lose this series. And it's the sky's not falling. The Grizzlies are still more than capable of beating this team. I go back last year, the Grizzlies won game one against the Jazz, and then the Jazz swept them from there. It's quite possible that this series goes inside like the same way. It could happen the exact same way. But they've got to make changes, and I don't know that Taylor Jenkins is going to make those changes. I, I felt like we got past that this year. I felt like he made adjustments throughout the season. But then we get into this game one, and he was so severely outcoached that it was just glaring. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, I was going to say, you talked about that series last year. John talked about that in the postgame. He was saying that how they were coming off the, the play-in game and Jazz had been sitting out for a while, and they came in there and and, and took game one um, out in Salt Lake City, and how they, they went on to lose four straight, and that's how quickly a, a series can flip. Um, and, and John talked about that in the post game tonight. But talk about Taylor Jenkins and, and David and I were talking about this before we jumped on here. Just got out coached uh, by Finch tonight, man. Some of the lineups uh, there late in the game. I mean, you start the fourth quarter, John wasn't on the floor. I kind of didn't really understand that, uh, and, and I think. Anytime, I mean, this shouldn't happen anytime, but it definitely shouldn't happen in a playoff series when you're down in the fourth quarter. There should never be a point when Jai and Jaron are both off the floor. Like, I, that just shouldn't happen. Uh, and then when Jai ja comes back in, he's on the floor with Tyus. And we've talked about that lineup and the plus minus and, and how that's a, a negative. And you're doing it in the middle of a playoff game. Like, I just didn't get it. It just seems like you're experimenting with stuff. And this is not that time, man. You need to be past that now. And I just – I don't know. Um, I also think when, when guys have five fouls, I think he left Jared on the bench too long. I would have put it back yep. in, just let guys foul out, it. man. I mean, I just it, – it was let rough, man. Out. Yeah, just let them foul out, man. And you you got to have him on the floor. If you're going to have a chance, especially if you're down in, in the fourth quarter, man, you got to have his defense on the floor because he just makes such an impact on, on that end of the floor that it just changes the, the total dynamic of your team. And they needed that defense 
at times, man, and they, they had him on the bench. I just just don't understand it. And then, as David said, I thought he had matured past some of this stuff, and, and it's kind of rearing his ugly head right now. And they just they just need more from guys. I mean, Anthony Melton is a guy who we saw last year that he was struggling at the end of the season, and that continued into the playoffs. And even going back two years ago to the bubble, kind of did the same thing. I was hoping that hot shooting and the hot streak that he had been on prior prior to the playoffs that it would continue, and it did not uh, today. What was he? Or three from three. three. Yeah, you really need that three point shooting from him. Wasn't. I mean, that's going to be big. So. You- he wasn't even doing it on the defensive end. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he, was, he was Mister. He was Mister. Do nothing today. Uh, yeah. I hate to yeah. say that, but he wasn't. He was a liability out there today, man. They just can't have that. Uh, I mean, you talk about this team, and somebody made a, a point today about maybe this team has regular season depth, but they don't have playoff depth. Like a lot of these guys, again, man, they look good in, in the regular season, but it gets to the playoffs, and they're just not doing it. Uh, but BC yeah. and Ty still both played well today. I thought Zaire played well. Uh, he only yeah, had four he points. Uh, but he was a plus six. I think only a couple guys. I think he's a plus six. Tyus was a, a net positive. You had BC was a plus two. And I think those are the only guys that were on the plus side of that plus is, minor. If so. y'all don't give slow-mo his flowers, we're fighting. Next time I see you guys. <laughs> Candace went through giving all the bench players their flowers, didn't talk hey, about man. slow-mo. And but you know slow mo by God, though. <laughs> Listen, I, I slow-mo did, see slow-mo did a great job. But he, I, I, just, I just expect it from him. That's, that's what it is. It's just automatic. And, and two, <laughs> I want to talk about the adjustments. I think I think that's the biggest key to this game. I mean, Jaron Jackson Jr. staying out of foul trouble, that's part of it. But I really want to talk about the coaching aspect because I think yeah. that was really huge in this, in, in this game. Um at the end of the day, I don't think we had the right lineups. I don't think we had the people in at the right situations. Uh, I think we just kind of went with what we normally do in the regular season, and that's not going to work in the playoffs. I really hope that Coach Jenkins can make some adjustments here. Stephen Adams showed really early that we, he was not capable of, of, of guarding Carl Anthony Towns. That was very yeah. obvious, and I think that we should have made adjustments. It shouldn't have taken – Stephen Adams played 24 minutes. He shouldn't have got that gotten that many minutes. I think it was very obvious early. Um, I'm really concerned about the in-game adjustments that are going to be needed in order for this team to win the series. I, I don't want us to stick to something because it was game plan when you first made the playbook, when you first came up with the game plan a while ago, and in the game it's not working, and you're going to stick with it. I don't think that's how playoff basketball works, and I really hope that Taylor Jenkins can learn that early so that we don't have to go through this uh, – catastrophe of, of just a wasted season because I, I think that his in-game adjustments could be better you asked the question about Dylan Brooks on uh, D'Angelo Russell I think it was very obvious I'd say by the second quarter that that D'Angelo Russell just didn't have it this game this wasn't no. his game and I don't I'm not sure it had anything to do with Dylan's defense to be honest Dylan's defense always has an impact sure but I just don't think it was D'Angelo Russell's yeah, night and I tough. know Right. I know he's hurt us in the past and all four of his games, he shot what 38 plus against us. So I understand the initial game plan. I'm not knocking the initial game plan. What I'm not is the in-game adjustments. When you see Anthony Edwards going absolutely off, I mean, just going off against our, against the, our defense, make adjustments in game so that you can win the game. Don't wait till the game is over to decide to make another game plan and then have that not work. That's not how playoff basketball works. And I, I'm an advocate for Taylor Jenkins winning coach of the year. I hope that he can show us why he should be coach of the year here in this playoff series, because I was very disappointed in his coaching tonight. That's 
great points. He did make an adjustment. He moved Brooks onto Edwards at one point in the game. It's very late, though. It was too yeah. late. It was too late at that. Very point. late. And and that's going to be crucial. Stephen Adams coming out. He just couldn't hold on to the ball. Uh, Ryan on Twitter was talking about, you know, Stephen needs to go wipe his hands off because every time he would get a hand on the yeah, ball, he would it would just go. Yeah. yeah. And you you have to be able as a coach to be like, listen, man, this is playoff basketball. I still have faith in you. I still trust you. But you do not have it tonight. Get on the bench. You cannot wait and watch your team get pummeled when, you know, Kyle Anderson only played 20 minutes and he was a he, he was plus one, one of the one of the only three guys on the team that were a positive on the plus minus side of the ball tonight. And he done a much better job defensively than yeah. what Steven Adams was doing. Kyle Anderson should be your number one defender on Carl Anthony Towns. The starting lineup should change tomorrow. It should be Ja Morant, Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson, and Kyle Anderson. Kyle Anderson should start off guarding Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. Love Steven Adams. Know what he brings to the team. But this is a terrible matchup. It's the playoffs. You have to change what you're doing. Yeah, to a certain extent, you want to play Grizzlies basketball. I get that. I understand that you're instilling confidence in these guys. You're giving them, you know, hey, I, I trust you out there. I know you don't want to break that, but this is not about it. If you want to go and win a championship, these guys have got to understand, and I know that they do. They're professionals. They've got to understand that adjustments need to be made. If Steven Adams – in the in the last matchup, Stephen Adams played well against this team, but regular season versus playoffs is different. And I I would love to see a, a huge adjustment from Taylor Jenkins heading into tomorrow. I'm sorry, Tuesday, not tomorrow. But I, I just I don't see it happening. We're gonna see the same starting five. And if the, the Timberwolves come out, punch them in the mouth again, and Steven Adams still getting destroyed, I hope that we see Ty uh, Kyle Anderson get 28 minutes instead of Steven Adams getting 24. Another thing that you have to do in the playoffs, you have to do it in the playoffs. You've got to play your best players 40 minutes. Anthony Edwards played 40 minutes in this game. Carl Anthony Towns played 42 minutes in this game. You go to the Philly Raptors game, ended up being a blowout, but Siakam played 40. Fred Van Vliet played 40. Tobias Harris was close to 40. Joel Embiid close to 40. Tyrese Maxey and James Harden, 40 minutes. And you can go to the, the Jazz series, uh, Jazz Mavericks. Bogdanovich played 40. Rudy Gobert played 36. Donovan Mitchell played 40. R Reggie Bullock, which is not really – that's just like out of necessity because Luka wasn't there. But Bullock played 44. Finney Smith played 44. Jalen Brunson played 40. You have to play your best players more minutes in the playoffs. You can't stick to the same bullshit rotations. Can't do it. Yeah, I think I think Jai and, and Desmond definitely set too much in this game. Because I'm like, I'm asking the whole time, like, where is Jai? Like, yep. you got to ride with your guys. I mean, in this situation, and especially man, in a game that you're losing. Like, I just didn't understand what was going on, uh, what was going through Taylor Jenkins' head. But there have to be uh, adjustments made. The thing that worries me about, the Steven Adams situation is, and again, I, I agree with David. I think when they come out Tuesday, we're going to have the same lineup. It's going to be Morant, Bain, Brooks, Tripp, and, and, and Steven Adams. I think that's what you're going to see. doesn't make any sense, but the thing that worries me about it is, is the rebounds. Uh, now, Brandon Clark yep. did a, a job helping off the bench. He had 12 rebounds. Kyle Anderson came in with six, but if you're not playing him, 
you you need to throw those those rebounds. Even tonight, when he only had three rebounds, and the Grizzlies number one rebound team in the NBA got out rebounded by eleven tonight, and that's something that you don't usually see. So without Adams, you're not getting those boards that you usually get, and I think that's where the problem's going to come in at. But I mean, he just cannot guard Paul Anthony Towns. I mean, that's just we saw that very early on. I mean, there was just too many times tonight where Paul Anthony Towns just take off to, to the basket. Just I mean, there were a couple times untouched where he goes to the basket for a dunk and. Barely even barely even touched on those plays. They got they got to make adjustments and come up with an answer for that. And Kyle Anderson definitely, out of everybody that defended him tonight, I think did the best job. And I think Jared being on the floor, if he's not in foul trouble, I think it's going to help there. But he has to stay out of foul trouble. Like I said, I mean that's pertinent for this team. You can't have those games like tonight. I mean, because you just see the impact. Even even with with him having five fouls and being in foul trouble, I mean he still had seven blocks. Uh, tonight. So imagine what he would have done if he had been able to play his normal amount of minutes. Um, only 24 minutes from Jaron. That's just not going to cut it um, in this series. You need him 35 plus minutes just like you should have Ja and, and Bain out there for that, for that many minutes. They're just You're not going to win any games against Paul Anthony Towns and this team when you only got Jaron playing 24 minutes. Yeah, and part of that was his foul trouble, but but I still, I still think coach, coaching is a big factor at the end of the day. I would say that um, <laughs> You know, I think Jaron Jackson, I'd like to see Jaron Jackson have his take at, at Carl Anthony at Carl Anthony Towns. That'd be a pretty big uh I'd, I'd like to see how that had that worked out. Um, but I agree, Kyle Anderson did the best job that night. One thing I don't understand about the confidence that you're instilling in your players is not like Steven Adams is a long-term piece that you're trying to instill confidence in, like a Zaire Williams, um, even like a Desmond Bain, the guys that you want to say, hey, uh I'm instilling this confidence in you. I hope it's going to work out in the long run. Steven Adams is not one of those guys. He's got another contract on this year, but I believe next year is the end is sort of, you know, next year he'll be an expiring yeah. contract if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, so to, to sort of save his feelings, I don't understand that logic. If this was one of your younger guys, I would completely understand. But Steven Adams is a veteran. He's been through this. He understands the playoffs. So if there was going to be a player on this roster that you were going to bench and say, hey, listen, we have to make adjustments. Steven Adams would be the number one guy. I think that's what confuses me the most. And I think it concerns me in terms of mindset of Taylor Jenkins more than anything else, because I understand instilling confidence in your players, but you got to think about it in the big picture to some extent. Steven Adams isn't going isn't to be long for this team, no matter what, at the end of the day. And so if he's a player that's sort of outmatched in this round, then he's got to sit end of story it, it really doesn't affect you long term in any sort of way he's the guy you brought in because you could sit him and play jaron jackson at the five and so to to play stephen adams over jaron jackson or any of your other option kyle anderson doesn't make any any real logical sense to me um even from a long-term standpoint it doesn't make sense and, and as you said stephen adams is not a guy i don't think he's a guy that's gonna pout or be a malcontent if you you said him like you said he's a veteran guy he understands if he I'm sure he knows he didn't play well tonight I'm sure he understands that and if it's a bad matchup maybe next round you you go against Golden State so so to speak maybe it's a better matchup for him right but I don't think he's going to be if you said him I don't think he's a guy that's going to cause any problems in the locker room or anything like that so I agree with you it is kind of head scratching that Taylor Jenkins seems to just kind of stick to what he does and even when you see different things going on he just doesn't want to adjust to them. Just kind of running these same rotations. When the playoffs start, man, playoff basketball is different than regular season basketball. You just can't do the same things you were doing in the regular season. It's just kind of 
he seems to just kind of be trying to stick to those same things. Like with, with Jared in foul trouble, you you can't sit him out. Like I, I don't even agree with it in the regular season, but definitely in a, in a in a fourth quarter when you're losing a game, man, you just got to let him foul out. If if you put him back in, he fouls out immediately. So so be it. I mean, that's just what happens. But you need him in a game, and if like I said, until he fouls out, man, you you run him out there to the wheels fall off. I mean, that's what you have to do in, in these playoffs. As David said, man, you can't have job playing what, what job playing 30, 35 minutes. There's a bang 33. You got to have these guys 38, 39, 40 minutes in the playoffs. So that's what Minnesota's going to do. Yep. And, and and I just like to throw out there. I saw in a, in a pregame conference, I may have been a couple of days before, I don't remember the exact day, but he was asked about sort of this matchup when it comes to um, D'Angelo Russell and how he was going to guard him and Anthony, uh, Anthony Edwards. And his response was sort of, I'm paraphrasing, but his response was along the lines of, we're just going to play our game. Um, we're, we're, we want to, we want to make sure yeah. that we don't beat ourselves. And they did do and, that. <laughs> and I, and that wasn't, in theory, it wasn't bad, but it really rubbed me the wrong way because it was sort of a red flag for me just initially. It's not anything I spoke about, but it ran, it, it rubbed me the wrong way because I'm wondering, are you specifically game planning and scheming the way you need to scheme for the team? This isn't in the playoffs. It's not a, just about, it's rarely just about playing your game. That's not how it works in the in the playoffs. In the playoffs, no, it's, it's very match. scheme oriented. It's very matchup oriented. It's very it's it's very much so a chess match, not just checkers. And it concerned me that that was his mindset going into this game because I'm going. So that means you haven't schemed on how you supposed to. I mean, ensure. I mean, ultimately, yeah, he schemed on D'Angelo Russell, but D'Angelo Russell wasn't the problem. Um, you really have to be prepared for multiple things. It's chess, not checkers. And I just um, I hope that Taylor Jenkins can quickly, quickly catch up to what he needs to do in order for this team to be successful. Because, like I said, if he's not going to play the guys the minutes, if he's not going to scheme the way it's necessary, I know he's capable. But if that mindset is just we're going to play our game, then he's not going to do the things necessary or think of the things necessary in order to really make sure this team succeeds in the playoffs. And so I think I'd say that's my biggest concern over everything else. Um if we can get the coaching down right, if Taylor Jenkins can really embrace the playoff mindset and understand how it's different, we'll go far. But it really is going to take that, and we'll see what happens in game two. It'll tell us a lot. But um, I've been concerned since I heard those those comments from him in the in the uh, press conference that he did. We, we talked about, you know, we're, we've been talking about coaching here and adjustments and scheming, and look what Minnesota done to John Morant in this game. First half, John Morant, 6 for 10, 3 rebounds, 5 assists, 19 points. John Morant, second half, 2 for 8, 1 rebound, 3 assists. He got essentially neutralized. I know he got points at the free throw line in the second half, but this defense was able to knock him off of his game. One thing that drives me insane is I I go back to Tillman when – that that comment early in the year, and he talks about when Jaws out that they play harder. Yeah, and that that just keeps churning in me. It's like when Jaws in the game, these guys don't move enough, and that's not, it's not a knock on Jaw. And it, and this is not. I swear to goodness, if any of you guys come at me on Twitter, are you saying the Grizzlies <laughs> are better without Ja Moran? No, nope, hell no. That's not what I'm saying. Clean your ears out and listen. The guy, I think they do a lot of standing, a lot of ball watching because John Morant is that guy. He's going to be that guy. He has been. 
they, they've got to move more. And the ball movement in the fourth quarter and the second half of this team was not great. Yes, John Moran is fantastic. But in a playoff series, if that's your plan, if it's, hey, 12, go get me a bucket, guess what? 12's going to have to beat five Minnesota Timberwolves all by his damn self. That's not going to work. You, you have to make those adjustments. I love John Morant. I'm not saying take the ball out of his hands. I'm not saying anything negative about John Morant. I'm saying that the Timberwolves done a great job scheming against him in the second half, took him out of his game, and that's what led to Minnesota winning this game. I mean, you saw, saw better ball movement when the, the bench was in, and, and I still think a lot of that has to do with that starting lineup not having a lot of time together. And as you said, when Jaws in the game, when, when these guys are out there, they're just they're looking every when they have the ball, they're looking to find Jaw. They're all looking to see where Jaw is, trying to get the ball back to Jaw, and they don't move as well. And you're right in the playoffs, defenses they're keying in they're keying on what you do specifically well. I mean, because and as I said before on on here, we in the playoffs, you're not worried about any other team. You're worried about your single opponent. So the things that you do well. They're going to scheme to try to take those things away. So you have to have great ball movement and run great plays in order to get good shots. You're not going to get the same shots that you get in the regular season. And like you said, when Jaws in there, it's just a lot of ball watching. You'll see guys get the ball, and they'll think about making a move, and they're like, no, I got to get it back to Jaws. You, you can just see them thinking that. And when you have Minnesota, who is scheming their defense to kind of stop Jaws, and you're trying to get him the ball every time, I think that bogs down your offense at times. And, again, this is – you know, people go crazy going to say that we're saying that this team is better without Jaws. Not that at all. That's definitely not it. Jaws, the first meet MVP candidate, first all-team all NBA selection this year, in my opinion. Uh, but, I mean, again, the, the, his teammates have to do a better job. They got to move better. And, again, you can't just look to Jaws to bail you out all the time because it's going to be tough for him to do that when the defense is, is scheming to stop it. I mean, he's going to get his points. You're not going to shut Jaws out because, even like you said, he, even though they were scheming against him, and I think at a – Great game plan on him. Extremely physical on him, causing him all kind of problems. Still had 32 points, uh, 16 from the line, and, and scored 16 points. Uh, but I think they did a good job against him. And, again, you, you look at a guy that scored 32 points, this was not one of his better games. Um, and, again, I think guys have to move better. You have to get better shots. And a lot of times when Ja's in there, as you said, man, you just see a lot of ball watching and guys just trying to get the ball back to Ja. And, and that can't be the case all the time. It's, it's a mentality shift. I think that needs to happen for the rest of this team. The determination to make cuts, um, to make movement, to make things difficult on the defense, no matter what Ja does. Uh, just to piggyback off what Isaac was saying, I completely agree. I think it's really more than anything. I don't. I don't even know if it's scheming. It's a mentality that shifts when Ja's not on the court, but when he is on the court, it's that ball watching, and that's got to stop. And 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 coaching is part of that, but also each each team member has to make a decision that that's not what's best for the team. Um, it's just not. Ja is better served by people making cuts um, and people making reads and, and, and trying to get open. That's how this team thrives. That's how this team has been successful. And it, and it does go back to, like you said, the starting lineup hasn't had a lot of chemistry together to really figure those things out, to figure out what cut, cuts work best, to figure out what movements work best. Uh, they don't have that chemistry and that's a disadvantage going into this playoff series. But I think that the Timberwolves don't have a lot of experience themselves. It doesn't have to be a deal breaker for us, but I, our team needs to embrace a different mentality as a whole. Everybody but Ja needs to be determined to get open at all times. And if we attack the way we need to, then we'll win this series. 
I saw some negative stuff towards Zaire, and, and I've got to point this out. He had the best offense, or I'm sorry, the best defensive rating out of any Grizzly that played tonight. And he was the only guy that, that was a positive. I, I don't get the, the hate. Zaire didn't even play that many minutes. What did he play? 10 minutes? In the 10 he played minutes. Nine, yeah, a little under, yeah. little under yeah. 10, actually. And the 10 minutes that he was on the floor, the Grizzlies were a plus six. And, and you, you talk about like defensive, single game defensive rating is kind of whack. It's, it's a crazy stat and fluctuate a ton. But Zaire done a good job when he was out there, man. You know, he, he was running the he floor, did. he was hustling. His length, I honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing him get a look at Anthony Edwards. I think that that length could yeah, be an issue. I totally agree. If Zaire can go out there and lock in, I think that his size could be a problem for because Anthony Edwards is big, six seven, you know, a plus wingspan. He can attack downhill. Obviously, he can shoot the three. He can do a lot of things. And if you're not going to have Dylan Brooks guarding him, why not give Zaire a shot? Yeah, I had a guy, uh, speaking of that, I had a guy, I think I sent you that tweet, was talking about Taylor Jenkins, and I kind of agreed with some of his points, but then he was like, and it was terrible that he had Zion Williams out there. And I'm like, did you watch the same game I am? When you look at the plus-minus, you talk about his defense, he has the highest plus-minus on the team tonight. At plus six, I think he should have played more. Um, yep. I, I don't understand why he only played 10 minutes, and I think I was saying the same thing that David just said during the game. Like, I would love to see him get a shot at Edwards if you're not going to have Dylan Brooks is his primary defender, man. Why not give Zaire Williams that chance? The length, um, I mean, he doesn't necessarily have the, the weight, but the length, I think, could be something that could possibly bother uh, Anthony Edwards. Uh, and I would have liked to have seen him play more. But, again, I thought he played well, just didn't play much. And I didn't understand how anybody could look at this game and blame Zaire Williams for anything. I mean, he didn't hit a three, was over over two from three, but only played 10 minutes. And, again, plus six. There's a reason why he had the highest plus minus on the team. And, and I think that's – from what he did on the defensive end, I think that's kind of why why you see that. And I, I didn't agree with that at all. I just I saw some of those takes on Twitter as well. Based upon game one, the optimal uh, matchups, at least against Minnesota's big three, that I'd like to see, like you guys said, I'd like to see how Zaire would do against Anthony Edwards. I'd love to see how Jaron would do against Carl Anthony Towns. And, I'd, and, and Dylan on D'Angelo Russell was effective, don't get me wrong, because he, he has been a grizz killer against us this year. And so that does make a big difference. So that would sort of neutralize or at least contain the big three. Um, but, but what are you guys' thoughts on that? Is is it a, is there a flaw in that logic? Is there anything that I could be missing when I think about that matchup? Because uh, I'd like to see, if you're going to have Steven Adams in the game, I'd like to see him just sort of post it up against, I don't know, a charity fan to build or somebody who's just going to be in yeah. the paint anyway. Um, I think that matching the the defensive uh, arrangements up that way, I think would probably be most effective for the Grizzlies. But what do you guys think? I think Jaron is a far better help defender than he is a point of attack defender. And, and I'm not saying that to say that I don't think that he could guard Carl Anthony Towns. I would be interested to see it as well. But I like Jaron got those seven blocks because he's an elite help defender. And so having him match up specifically against Carl Anthony Towns, depending on who you're on the floor, like who's on the floor with him, if you've got Brandon Clark on the floor with him, I'm good with it because Brandon and Jaron play great off of each other. And Brandon Clark is pretty close to that kind of level of a help defender. So that still gives you another help defender that's not tied up on a primary player. I, 
I think that Jaron would be fine. I think that would be a good matchup for them. Um, I, I'm just – I think it's going to be lineup dependent because I think if you got Steven Adams, Steven Adams does not have the foot speed to be that type of a, of a help defender. So, I mean, it, it's – I feel like we're just beating the crap out of Steven Adams. He had a bad game. There, there's a good chance that we see Steven Adams come out in this next game and pull down 18 rebounds. And just, I think I think, I think that's what we're right. going to see. On the offensive rebound. <laughs> I hope you're right. I don't know if that's like, what we're going to see, but I hope you're right. I don't know about 18, but I think he's up play. I think he's up play much better on Tuesday than we saw tonight. I think I don't know. this is I, – I, it, it, it was rough. There, there's no doubt about it. But I just – I feel like he's going to have better games in this series than he had had tonight like tonight was just I, today I don't even know what to say just abysmal uh and just look, looked unplayable I think he'll look a little bit better than that on Tuesday night but as far as it's Jared matching up with him I don't know if you want that primarily because I think that will lead to Jared picking up fouls but I definitely think you throwing different bodies at him I think you throw Jared, Jared at him at times and throw Kyle Anderson at times I think as David said with BC on the floor I, I think to kind of protect him a little bit I think that would be, be a better matchup uh, when, when they're on the floor together. Uh, but I think they're going to have to get something out of Steven Adams. Because, again, man, they need his rebounding, and that's what worries me. Because if you completely go against, go away from him, which we know Taylor Jenkins, I don't think that's going to happen anyway. But if you're going to do that, I think you lose that rebounding, and you kind of see them get beat up on the boards like they did tonight. And it's going to be hard because Minnesota's not even a good defensive rebounding team. They're, they're yeah. actually really bad. And, I mean, you got – beat up on the boards pretty bad today. Um, so, I mean, that's something that can't happen. I mean, you're the number one rebounding team in the NBA. You got to find a way to, to, to rebound. There's way too many offensive rebounds for Minnesota for second-chance points. I mean, they're already making threes. And, and, and the thing about it is you look at this three-point discrepancy, it, it's really similar to what we saw in a lot of those games against the Jazz in the playoffs last year. I mean, you can't have this. I mean, Minnesota's plus 14 in attempts, plus nine and makes That's 27 points that you lost. On, on the three-point line, and, and you look at that and you're thinking, okay, well, if they're beating you like that three-point line, surely you're killing them in the paint. And the Grizzlies did win in the paint, 60, 60 to 50, but that's not – they usually have a bigger discrepancy than that. That's only a 10-point a difference. So, Grizzlies, if you're not going to make threes, man, you got to do big work in the paint, and you give up 50 points in the paint as well. I mean, they're beating you from both sides. They're beating you – they beat them inside and outside tonight and today, and they, that just can't happen. Yeah, I, I think that the Grizzlies' inability to shoot the three is what allowed Minnesota to scheme so hard against John ja Morant. If you watch the game and you saw it, Minnesota was collapsing a defender behind Ja. So yeah. when he would elevate, they were eliminating the passing lane. So he didn't have anywhere to kick it out to. But they also they were able to help that much they were able to collapse so much on him because nobody can well I won't say nobody because my guy that that Isaac was hating on was three for four from three <laughs> but basically nobody could knock down a three and you have to shoot the ball better number yeah. of different things went wrong in this game but Desmond Bain shooting better than three for eight from three. Jaron Jackson doing better than zero from five. DeAnthony Melton doing better than zero for three. Like, those guys got to knock down shots so it opens up the floor for John Morant. If Jaron Jackson is knocking down threes, are they helping that much off of him? If Desmond Bain's not shooting three for eight, are they helping that much off of him? There's a lot of things that go into it, and the fact that they were seven for 27 – allow that defense to collapse on Ja, and that's why his numbers 
were not what they should have been in the second half. Yeah, I just I go back to that uh, amazing behind the back, in between the legs pass that Jai was going to assist to Jaron, and Jaron just didn't make it. I mean, that yeah. would have been the assist of the year. That was the most creative a pass I think I've ever seen. And just and, and Jaron was wide open, and he looked like he was ready for it, but he just didn't make it. And uh, it's things like that, that. When you say that, it, that's exactly what my mind goes to. And um, it's it, it's things like that could that could have opened up the game for Ja. Yeah, I agree. Hey, you go back to the, the three point shooting. Like on a normal basis, the Grizzlies are not going to match Minnesota in three point shooting. But you can't go seven to twenty seven and, and lose the three point line by plus be negative nine on the three point line for twenty seven points. That's just you're not going to win games. It's amazing that the Grizzlies only lost this game by thirteen when. They lost the three-point line by 27 points and then give up 50 points in the paint. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, that lets you know that if the Grizzlies, even if they had shot the ball just average um, and knocked down a couple free throws, they win this game and, and didn't play well in this game. And that's that's one thing that I take out of this game as a positive. I feel like I don't know if Minnesota can play any better uh, than, than they played tonight. I mean, you score 130, and I've had some, some Minnesota fans in my in my uh, on my Twitter feed saying, oh, well, we turned the ball over this many times. We we, we did all this. We could have played better. I mean, they scored 130 points. Like, I mean, and they knocked down with 16 of, of 41 for 39% from three. Like, I don't feel like they're going to play better than that. And I feel like the Grizzlies didn't play well at all. And they were right in this game at times. I mean, they ended up ballooning there at the end. They ended up losing by 13. But, I mean, there were times where they, they had this game down to four, down to two, and they just couldn't quite get over the hump. And they knocked down a couple free throws. A few, a few free, a few more free throws, and they probably won this game. Uh, and a yeah. couple more threes, and I feel like as bad as they played, and as well as Minnesota played, it feels like Minnesota should have won this game by thirty. Uh, to be, to be yeah. honest, the fact that the Grizzlies were in this game, I think you take that as a positive. If you if you play a little bit better and clean some things up, I think you you beat this team. I mean, I think that's something that they can take into Tuesday night as a positive. I think I, I'm just kind of looking through things here. One thing, as far as adjustments for this team that they, I think that they, we need to see them do is Anthony Edwards was one for seven going to the right. When, when he was on, if you if you cut the floor in half through the middle of the paint, anything on the right side, he was one for seven. He made one three over there. He was killing us from the left side of the floor. Make that dude go to his right. And maybe he just had an off night from the right. Maybe, you know, this next game, you see that he goes, you know, 11 for 14 from the right-hand side. But when when you see, like, I'm looking at the shot charts at to where, like, where he made shots compared to where he missed them, make him go right. And that's a lot easier said than done because he's an elite player. And I think that throughout, you know, the play-in and in this game, he's starting to evolve. And it wouldn't surprise me to see Minnesota actually give this man the keys because he's that level of player. Hey, you, you got to make it. And it was just way too easy uh, tonight for, for Anthony Edwards, for Carl Anthony Towns. You got to give these guys something to think about. I mean, once they got going downhill, I mean, you got Anthony Edwards just pretty much doing whatever he wanted uh, tonight, just getting to his spots, just no resistance on jump shots, just stepping into threes, as we talked about earlier. And you're just not going to win against this team like that. I mean, this team can score. They, they shoot a lot of threes. They make a lot of threes. And if your defense is not up to the task, which it just wasn't today, I mean, they're, they're going to beat you. And the same thing's going to happen on Tuesday night. You just can't 
you got to be better. I mean, just all the way around, but especially defensively, there just wasn't enough resistance for Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. And again, I don't know exactly what the answer is answers are, but they have to be better than they were tonight, or they're gonna they're gonna lose this series. I mean, that's just point blank period, man. They just have to be better against these guys. And you you got an elite score like Anthony Edwards. I mean, you just can't let him walking into jump shots. I mean, there were times where he just got to the free throw line, deep, just 16-footer, just stepping into jump shots. Nobody's even touching him. And it's just, that can't happen. And again, I think that the dynamic of having Dylan on D'Angelo Russell, it's going to be interesting to see if, if Taylor Jenkins adjusts there. Does he decide to to have Dylan on, on Anthony Edwards more? Because I think, I think, and you look at the points, I mean, I, a lot, as, as Ken said earlier, I think D'Angelo Russell just had a bad game. But I think if you're going to Look at those two guys and, and which one you pick your poison. I think Anthony Edwards is the guy that I would put my best defender on. I think that's how I would handle it. We'll see what happens going forward. But, again, man, it was just way too easy for those guys tonight. I think we want to see more Kyle Anderson on Carl Anthony Towns. We just can't have those clear drives to the basket uh, like, like we saw tonight. So, again, man, adjustments have to be made. I mean, that's what playoff basketball is all about. Like I said, it's a chess match. And Taylor Jenkins – we he's been stubborn at times, but I mean, we he's going to have to if he wants to win this series, man. They can't come out and do the same thing they did tonight. I think they're going to be better on Tuesday night. Vegas definitely thinks they're going to be better because the Grizzlies are still a seven point favorite uh, for Tuesday night, so they expect the Grizzlies to bounce back. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully they know what they're talking about. Yeah, I think yep. they do. I don't think that there's any way that the Grizzlies come out. You have to come out with more energy. You have to. I, they have to play more control. I think that they were playing – like, they had good energy to start the game, but they were maybe a little too ramped up. And yeah. And just, yeah. just didn't – they, they were I was kind of worried about that. Yeah. So, I don't want to keep beating it. it. It's a tough loss. You hate to see the Grizzlies lose game one at home. The Timberwolves just played a meaningful, meaningful basketball game a couple days ago. The Grizzlies, it's been a while. And so, yeah. now they know – uh, Mike Tyson says you, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. About to the mouth. <laughs> now, now you've been punched in the mouth. What are you going to do to respond? So right. I think we'll go ahead and wrap this one up unless you guys got anything else that you want to touch on before we get out of here. No. no I was, I was going to say to, to your point, I, I was kind of worried about that coming into this game. Um, I had said throughout the week that usually if a road team is going to steal one, it's game one because that, that home team coming out, their fans are, are fired up. You've been talking all week about Big game one, you're coming out real amped up, and and sometimes you come out and get punched in the mouth. Um, I think we kind of saw that. I know it was no Donovan Mitchell last year, but you saw the Grizzlies go out to Salt Lake City and win that game one, and we saw what happened after that. So I kind of I kind of feared that, but I, I think the Grizzlies bounce back and, and get a win on Tuesday night and go out to, to Minnesota and, and see what happens. I'm still sticking with my prediction of Grizzlies in six. I, I'm I'm not backing off of that. I, I think the Grizzlies win uh, game two. I think you can you can you can see them go out and split. Uh, in, in Minnesota, and I think Grizzlies yep. win game five and win game six and close it out. I'm still sticking with that. Yep. Man. I agree. I said Grizz in five, and I mean that shit. Stay, still <laughs> saying it. Hey, man. With, with, with my you. whole chest. I'm with so you, sweet. I, I think so sweet that, from here. Yep. Like that, sweet, this man. is going to wake them up, and they're going to come out, and they're going to play, they're going to do what they need to do. To man, I hope so. So – We'll wrap it up. You can get the show on Twitter at Ethos Grizzlies. I'm at David W two one one one. Candice will let you know where you can find her, and then Isaac will get us out of here. Yep, yep. You can find me on Twitter at Seahawks901. That C is in Cat Hawks901. Let's go out here and 
beat these beat these Minnesota Wolves. Isaac? Yeah, man. Got got to sit on this one for a while, man. Got a couple days off. Uh, Tuesday, uh, Tuesday night. It's weird because usually in the first round, I think it usually goes Saturday, Monday, Sunday, Tuesday. But weirdly, some teams are getting two days off between games, and some only getting one. I, if I was one of those teams only getting one day off, I think I'd have some complaints with that. But uh, Grizzlies, T Wolves, luckily to get two days off, and I think that's time to get some rest. I, I heard some talk that Jock got an X-ray after the game. I'm not sure what the injury was. I wasn't in the post-game press conference. Did they say anything about that? I wasn't able to make it, man. I, I didn't make the post-game press. Yeah, because I, I just saw some people I, – I didn't make it either. I just saw some of the highlights from it. I saw some people talking about that on, on Twitter. He did get banged around a lot today, man. It took a lot of a lot of falls, but uh, I mean, he seemed from the comments that I see saw in the post-game, he didn't seem like he was injured or anything. So, hopefully, that's not anything going on there. He's uh, but, yeah, oh, you know he, he's going to play. He's going to play. Yeah, if he can walk, he's playing in, in, in the playoffs. There's no doubt about that. But you can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals. It's I-S-A-A-C underscore Rivals. Again, the Grizzlies will be back uh, for game two at FedEx Form on Tuesday night. We'll be back with the post game for that. So be on the lookout. Uh, hopefully we can we'll come back. We'll be talking about the time. We'll be going back. So, so until next time, we go. presentation.